Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how the hell are we doing? Metcalf, we're doing good. Um, recording on a Thursday night. Everyone will be hearing this on Friday. This one's going to get a little crazy. Um, before we get into the draft talk, I just have to say something to you, Metcalf. I am just living life at the fullest right now. And and the Boston Celtics are an oh, absolute God. wagon. I mean, where's, where's the remove from recording? But hey, I'll, I don't care. It'll be worth <laughs> it. I'm telling you. Oh my gosh. That game last night against the Suns. I got a good, a lot of Suns friends. They were even texting me and they're like, this dude is, this team is a wagon. And I was like, yeah, I know. But um as I'm saying this, you know, the Celts are playing Warriors tomorrow. So it's, I'm not going to take it personal, but, you know, Golden State will probably be pissed off after that Utah loss. But anyways, Metcalf, how are we doing? Timberwolves getting on a little heater. Um, yeah, big old, big old one-game winning streak. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> getting, getting crazy up here in Minneapolis. Um, yeah, well, well, we'll leave that for a different episode. Uh, <laughs> and enough of your gloating and... Happiness. It it's too much. It it's it's nauseating. Um, but we're, we're gonna have a little fun today. Um, we're we're going to jointly craft a lottery big board. So we're gonna yeah. go one one through fourteen. We'll each kind of propose a guy. We'll go back and forth. We'll debate them and create out our top fourteen. Um, this is not the green room rankings. This has nothing to do with that. I just want that to be very very clear. The green room is still untouched as of right now besides you know the the previous members but we're gonna have a little fun a little draft philosophy talk we'll get in in intertwined in this whole thing um so rucker do you want to kick this off or you want me to i feel like you know we talked before the show before we hit record and i feel like you've got some some demons to let out so so talk to me let's let's have a little therapeutic session um you're struggling with this class is it just the time of the year for you because i'm a big believer that the first big board is throwing darts like the the preseason one you everyone's just throwing a dart um you're going off of buzz you're going off of just highlight tapes from high school or returners whatever the second one you're making a lot of changes you're trying to cement, you know, plant your flag with some guys that have been buzzing. Everyone's trying to find the guy that no one's talking about, even though that doesn't exist because they got recruited to college and every NBA scout's been watching them. So let's calm down. You know, ELE, everybody love everybody. We all, we all rooting for prospects. We all love the draft. But Metcalf, I feel like you got some more demons to let out because, you know, 
That's that's why we have this podcast. You think <laughs> I just do it for fun and for no ceilings? We do. I try to do this to make you happy. Yeah, the, the, this is a much cheaper option than therapy. So, yeah, kidding um. me? Some highway <laughs> robbery. Um, I'm afraid that this class might suck, and that is the fine suck. That's a hot take. You're you're disappointed Fair. right the, now the, because they, you don't know where to go. Yeah, I'm based on expectations coming into the year. Maybe uh, not not living up to expectations, and that that's all of this conversation and my frustration right now is. Scoot and Victor excluded. So I yes, just, I, I want that to be clear. Um, I don't know. I, they, they, there are a lot of guys in this class that I like, a lot of guys who I really liked coming into this season. And I'm hoping that it's just the time of the year. I'm just not excited about any of these guys. You know, when, I, when I'm going through games to watch, I'm like, oh, great. Baylor versus Tarleton State again. Awesome. It's, I'm hoping that it's that, that letdown period after the, you know, early season tournament. So the Maui Invitational, the, the Phil Knight Invitational, these big tournaments where we get these awesome matchups and right before conference play where, you know, teams are using these tune-up games again to build up their records, build a little confidence, start getting things integrated again before they start playing higher level competition. So that's what I'm clinging to, that, that this is just a low point in the long season because uh, there's a lot of talent in this class that I really want to fall in love with. I just haven't really been able to yet. Okay. Now, before everyone clips this and thinks the mad scientist is the most negative person of all time, I'm going to back up Metcalf <laughs> because he gave me this little pre-event before we hit record. And I understand where he's going with this. You have a lot of guys in your top 10 that you're probably excited about. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because you're saying this class sucks, you're not saying that those guys are. I think me and you are frustrated with the the depth. It's confusing right now because there's there's range in every draft there was last year. There is a big one right now where there's a lot of guys that I I have no idea what to do with. Yeah. I I, I like the flashes. There's not a lot of consistency. Um, you know, we're talking about Derek Lively, we're talking about Derek Whitehead, uh who else? Kyle Filipowski, Jalen Huchvino. Did I say his name right? Because somebody else said it the other day and whatever. We'll get to that another time. But what I'm saying is this is a very ugly time of the year. And I love Metcalf, so I'm going to back him up here. If you've seen Shawshank Redemption, when Andy Dufresne is escaping prison and he's climbing through two football fields of manure, this is what it's like before conference play when you're evaluating because everyone's playing games where they're winning by 40 and you're, you're not getting the full battle tested, you know, one going up against eight and we're not getting these heavyweight matchups every week. So it's, we're frustrated because we're tired of watching, you know, Arkansas win by 40 and a guy gets five shots. That's projected to be a top five pick. You know, I'm just throwing out a hypothetical <laughs> and We've got a lot of bigs in this class that have, I'm sorry, they haven't done squat after being projected as potential lottery picks. They haven't done squat. Um, I think Derek Lively, I think Khalil Ware have some really, really fascinating potential and upside. I'm rooting for the kids. I can't put them in my lottery right now. And I don't, if everyone else wants to do it, that's fine. But from what I've seen so far this year, why would I put either of them in a lottery? 
That's my opinion. Everybody else can still have them top 10. That's okay. Marcus Sasser. I was one of the, me and you were both extremely high. We were talking to him. He'd be a lottery right now. He's been he terrible shooting. Shot. No, he's, he's, his shooting percentages are terrible. So we're, we're buying in all these, all these guys, but they have a lot of weaknesses they're showing right now. And it's like, this is the time of the year where you're like, okay, one of the, you got to go one or two ways. And we saw that with Johnny Davis last year. You know, those, this is the time of the year where Johnny Davis was like, allow me to reintroduce myself. Keegan Murray, same way. We, we were all like, oh, he's he's doing this before conference play. What is he going to do? And then he just dominated. And everyone's like, okay, I guess he's a top 10 pick. But it's an ugly time right now because there's this depth is getting questionable. And we're waiting for some, some movers. There's always some movers that are really going to cement themselves. And, you know, maybe it's the Julian Phillips. Maybe it's Grady Dick. Maybe it's Turkavion Smith after his big last game. And there's just a lot of guys that aren't, including returners, there's a lot of guys that are, are not taking that step. So that's why I want to back you up because everyone's going to be like, Metcalf hates the draft. And that's not true. It's just an uncomfortable time right now. Yeah. And like in, in that middle first round range area, yes. like when you look at these guys, they all have like a massive weakness where it's, I, I don't know. It, it just didn't feel like this the last couple of years where either they're an awesome defender, but don't do anything on, or awesome defender, but don't do anything on offense, or they're this really dynamic offensive player, but one of the worst defenders in college basketball. And it's there, there's no middle ground and we don't have, it doesn't really feel like we have these guys who are really exploding onto the scene and leaping into that top 10 consideration. Like we did last year with Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray, like you mentioned. And instead we have some of these guys who are getting billed as top 10 guys who are disappointing. So Maybe, and obviously three of the biggest names in this conversation are Nick Smith, Cam Whitmore, and Derek Whitehead, who all had preseason injuries. I'm not really, I haven't changed my opinions on those guys at all, really, because I think they're all still obviously playing themselves back into game shape and getting into the flow of things. So maybe a month from now, my tune will completely change. I hope it does. I still have all three of those guys top 10. I, I promise I haven't made any drastic overreactions to them, but you know, outside of guys like maybe a Maxwell Lewis who's made a huge jump up. Yeah. Um, I mean, Anthony Black, I guess, a little bit. But, like, you, you look at Jed Howard, awesome offense, a horrible defense. Grady Dick, same thing. Um, I mean. And, and me and you were talking about this before the show. We said, are we puzzled because there's not a lot of two-way guys to get really excited about right now? Like, it, you know. I feel like there's a lot of those offensive weapons that we can get really pumped about. And like you're saying, you know, Jed Howard looks like he's going to be a heck of a player at the next level on yeah. the offensive side of the ball. We got questions defensively. Grady Dick, same story. Like looks like he could really shoot it from outside. Um, Nikola Jurisic from, from mega, very gifted offensively six, eight, I got questions defensively. I'm probably the CEO of his fan club. So like there's a lot of questions. A Tyrese Proctor, we love his defense. We still got questions offensively. So it, it seems like it's one side of the seesaw. And each year you you kind of almost find those guys that start to creep up that you're excited about both sides for the potential. But I think 
like you're saying, I, I think you get out of the lottery and it gets like, whoa, there's some serious questions when it comes to who's going to be consistent, who's just showing us some flashes. You know, um, guy I had very low in the preseason, Kyle Fopowski. I think I got him top 20 now because he's just yeah. been awesome. I think yep. he's been consistent. We know what he's going to be. I've loved everything I've seen. He plays his butt off. But I don't know if that's because I love Filipowski or if it's because looking at the rest of the, the class, I'm like, he's better right now than all of them. So I I, I do love the lottery. <laughs> I, there's a lot of guys in the lottery I love, but I'm right there with you. I get it. All right. Well, we, we, we've rattled on long enough. Let, yeah. let, let's get Sorry, into cra- crafting this, this joint lottery ranking. Um, since this was your idea, I will give you the honor of the number one overall spot. For my nomination? Yep. And for everyone listening, we're going to nominate, and then me and Metcalf can argue. Um, I can keep track if you want to. I got it. All right, Khalil Ware, number one. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Had to let that one out. All right. Um, Yeah, uh, there's this guy in France. Really big guy. Some people think he's not uh, human. But no, seriously, Victor Wimanyama, I'm going to put him number one. Do we think there's going to be anyone that has the courage to put Victor number two this year? And do we think they will be serious or they will be trying to be the one guy? The, the they'll be trying to be the one guy. Okay. Where it's I'm right oh, there I'm, with yeah, you. I, I look at how smart I am. Um, <laughs> if someone does it, I I swear I will see that on the internet and I will just out loud be like, "This fucking guy." <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's gonna happen. And, it's gonna happen. Um, you know, I I I, I think Scoot's fucking incredible um but what Wemby's doing is otherworldly um i mean he, he's taking one-legged running three-pointers now which is super normal um the defense i mean he's like regularly putting up 30 and 10 um he, he's un- unless there's some damning medical that comes back he is number one head and shoulders the the one legged three running, I thought it was a joke the first time he did it. Yeah, and now and he, he keeps doing it, more. and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, this is just in your shot arsenal now. Okay, like where Perfect. did who taught you this? And let's give him a raise because this is entertaining. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's the first time I was like, okay, someone needs to calm him down, and now he just keeps doing it and hitting it, and I'm like, oh my gosh. But um, yeah, he's pretty good. I. I it's a little scary how confident he's getting. And I mean that in the best way. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to watch like the stuff he's doing on the basketball court, the numbers he's putting up. I'm not surprised because he's confident he's bigger than everyone. And you know, he's got all those, that freedom now, but he's also, he's earned it. He looks like he works his butt off. He looks like he's gosh, he's just a machine. And I, I'm so fascinated to see what he does at the NBA level. And, um, it's just crazy. Some of the stuff he, I, I, I need to write about this, but I feel like there's guys that play basketball that just make you laugh every game. I always joke mm-hmm. and say it's the Nikola Jokic effect. Like every time I watch Jokic, one game he can make me laugh with one thing he does. It's usually a pass, and it's not, you know, just the, the fact that he threw it. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, and I feel like Victor's getting in that category of like you watch his film, and every game he does something where you're like laughing hysterically he had i think one of his last games 
they were blown out of team and someone tried to shoot like a last second worthless buzzer beater and victor like blocked it to half court like just didn't care just like over his head oh, blocked yep. it and i was just, just like, like oh my gosh like his little brother on a nerf hoop it's just like, <laughs> it was like well. <laughs> yeah like shoot it shoot it and then the moment he shot it, i just like, hit it 15 yards back it was just funny but yeah victor's number one so i'm gonna let you go too i feel like i have a feeling where you're going scoot. with this one it's it's scoot um i i still adore his game uh i just love how he does a little bit of everything at an elite level and he gladly plays whatever role is needed of him where he can play on ball he can play off ball he can be your primary scorer he can be a selfless playmaker he can defend whoever you want him to um god he, he's just he's incredible uh wh- whoever gets the number two pick i know that fan base and that organization is going to be bummed because they didn't get Wemby. you still got a franchise player so that sc- scoots easy miles ahead number two for me yeah, I think it's Victor by a very, very long amount. And then I think Scoot's no, I, I think it's Victor by a lot. I think it's Scoot right there. And then I think there is a lot of separation. But um I'm right there with you. I think whoever whoever gets those two, one of those two, you're gonna be very excited. Um I don't know if I just missed this somehow, but he hasn't been playing a while and I, I saw he has a concussion. So they're I yeah, think yeah, he's safe been with him. Hurt. Yeah. So if anyone's like, why is Scoot's numbers not? I had to look it up there. And I was like, why didn't I see a tweet about this? Woj, Woj, wake up, get a coffee. <laughs> but because um, I was like, why are they giving the Leonard Miller experience a, a lengthy trial run? And I was like, oh, okay. That, that noise is heating up. Um, okay. So, so I'm at n- number three. So now we got it Victor, gets weird. <laughs> yeah. So we got Victor at one, Scoot at number two. And this is where me and you probably start to butt some heads. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stay with my guns. I'm going to nominate Cam Whitmore, Villanova, and I'm I'm ready for it. So, where are you? Talk to me. Um, I'm intrigued. I have him at six. Okay. I, oh, are we spilling our personal rankings? Oh gosh. Oh, okay. my, I don't know. My, I feel like it, it helps give a little context. Warning: My it. board is not no. complete. Warning: <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer. Um, I, he he's looked the part. Um, are we sure? that he has like superstar upside. I think he does. Um, Expand on that. Why? Like what, what, what does he do specifically besides the awesome dunks and the, the highlight defensive and offensive playmaking stuff? You know, I hate to explain what I see. Um, From that first game they played against Oklahoma he just moves differently than a lot of people I've seen um, in college basketball this year. And it is just like, he glides, he gets side, he gets horizontal very quick, but it's not just the movement. It's the power with the movement. Like he's very agile. And then if he wants to attack you, you know, I think he's listed at six, seven, two thirty-five. Like he is a bull coming at you. And mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot of raw fundamentals that are just, it's like a big, you know, in those like, what is it? Hocus Pocus, the big, like witch cooking bowls I feel like they're just pouring ingredients and it's a just cauldron? got a, Yeah. There you go. Thank you. But it's just, a it's all witch cooking. Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about it. So, that's that's what I do. You're the smart bad scientist. I'm just the guy. Okay, so he's got all these ingredients in there, and I feel like it's just coming to the 
coming together. And I feel like when that when when Whitmore's ingredients come together, that I would not want to be having to guard that dude because he could either posterize you, he could put you on the block with some of his footwork. If you watched that last game against Penn, he had some step throughs. I was like, my goodness. I I feel like the shot isn't as bad. Who is it? Oh, Corey. Corey was hating on the shot. And I was like, Corey, I like you. You're usually a good guy. But I, I I think the shot's fine. I think it's just you're clearly seeing a guy that it is it wasn't good before and it's on that way. It's in that middle stage where you're like, Can we get to the respectable stage? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I tend to lean Cauldron. more towards Cauldron. <laughs> I tend to lean more towards uh Corey's uh standpoint on the shot. Is it ugly or is it just slow? Yes. Oh uh-huh. gosh, I did not want that. <laughs> <laughs> I I struggle to really buy in on it. I know he shot mm. like fifty percent in that FIBA, um, but is on like twenty four shots or something. Uh, super low volume. I think he like he was barely at the or low thirty percent three point shooter in high school. Um, it just doesn't look comfortable for him, and I I don't know. Co- Corey knows way more about the mechanics, and he can dive a little deeper into that. For me, it's just aesthetically. I'm like that it doesn't look right and it doesn't look like you really want to be taking that shot um and not not all players obviously have to be awesome shooters to make a high level impact and his athleticism um and skill will allow him to do different stuff but if that shot never really comes around to league average let's say is he, is that really a player that's going to be number or pick number 3 worthy I mean, I think the shot's going to come around, but I think you guys are just, you know, the Whitmore haters. It's cool. Steven Gillespie's right there with me. If, if we have to be I the Looney Bunch. <laughs> no, we, we are not. We are not doing this where every time we we propose a concern or a potential weakness, it turns into automatic hatred. I God, Twitter has enough of that crap. No, I mean, I, I understand the concerns. Um but this is this is also the funny part about when we get past two. It's like okay, each guy is going to have some concerns. So who's your who's your nomination? Because Whitmore, we're going to have so much fun talking about Whitmore, and it's only been two games. So I understand we need more sample. No, and so I, I that's why I gladly gave you number one so that you would have three because I have yeah, no idea you. who to put here because I I don't think there is a clear number three right now. Well, just give um, me a give me a name, and then I, we I can give you one more name, and we can go we could debate the three. Um. You know what? Screw it. Let, let's go with a guy who I'm a little low. I, I have it seven, so he's not my number three right now. But same kind of big question with him. Let's go with Amen Thompson. Yeah, I think that's the right move. That's why I love you. I could easily put him at three. Um, because if we're talking shooting woes, why is Amen not there? Right. And this is going to be, I actually like this idea for this pod because now I'm going to just completely destroy my personal big board because of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to just go print mine out and then just immediately light it on fire and it'll be perfect. <laughs> but it's a good talking exercise. Like that's why I was excited when I thought of this idea because me and Metcalf spent, I think, the entire day since like 6 a.m. trying to figure out what the heck were we going to talk about today. And then I was like, let's do something crazy. And this is a great now because um, you guys ruined my third pick already. And, you know. Now we get to talk about Amen Thompson. I think Amen's good, and I and yeah, yeah. we were I was cold on him in the preseason because I was just like, let me go see it first. And I saw him in person. He's big. 
he's a big dude. His brother's a big dude. Um, they got Pogo six for legs and then has some very gifted playmaking ability. He needs the ball in his hand. You, you made a good quote in the beginning talking about like, Hey, big boards should be viewed as like who you're betting on for their career. And Amin Thompson looks like a guy that will, even if the shot doesn't come around fully, he's going to play a long time in the NBA because he has a lot of elite gifts when it comes to athleticism and playmaking six, seven, he's got defensive upside. If you want to do it, Metcalf, I'll, I'm right there with you. I, I don't rule that out. And I, I don't love it, but that I think that might be where I'm leaning right now. And again, I have him at seven on my personal one, but I don't know. I, I have concerns about both him and Whitmore's shot. So uh, l- l- let's go back to Cam for a second. So okay. what bear with Cam, us, folks. Bear with what, us. Rome wasn't built one day. What is Cam Whitmore in the NBA? Is he a forward? A is problem? A is, <laughs> is, um, is, is he a middle-class Zion? Whoa. Where did you hear that? Unbelievable name. Um, well, I'm just thinking, you know, no, uber, uber like, athletic guys who 90% of their offense, if not more, comes at the rim. Uh, incredible second jump. Uh, can't shoot. Well, not, I think he's not a known three. as a shooter. I think he's a three- and I guess potentially small ball four, but I, I, I think he's going to be a wing. And if that shot comes around, like I, I just, I think that dude's just going to be a problem offensively. Now, defensively, he has some flashes. He has some good recognition. He looks a little heavy footed, but I think that's game reps of game speed adjusting to it. Like he has some, when they played Oklahoma, I feel like there were some times where I was like, he looks bored defensively. Like he looks like he's like baiting people to try to drive on him. And then versus Penn, he had some good good uh sequences. And then he went he got backdoored once and I was like, Oh, welcome to college basketball. But um but a men also when a men's turning it up defensively, I'm like, oh boy. Um I don't know. This is good. This is good yeah, because now go. I'm like, okay, I go I'm ahead. Head, sorry. I'm, I'm a head case. No, I'm just now you're, you're screwed. This was a terrible idea. Who thought of this? <laughs> <laughs> so this, this is a little bit where my personal philosophy with the number three pick tends to creep in. And, you know, I, I'm always a big proponent of take the guy you think is going to be really good. But with the number three pick, that means your team is dog shit. And you need superstar upside. And I just see more of that with a men, even though I have some real concerns about the jumper and how that could limit him in to what type of player he is at the next level, if it never improves. And there, there haven't been the most encouraging signs with the shot this year, but I still think he probably has the third highest ceiling out of anyone in this draft. And at three, I, that's probably where I would take a home run swing. I'm going to let it slide because, you know, that's, this is good 
because now all of draft Twitter is just like, yeah, the one, two, three, we all want. And it, they, they, so, they can finally stop hating on us for apparently. Yeah, so let's just let's make them happy right now. And then, you know, now now they're we, we kept them in a podcast episode over 30 minutes. So let's let's party. And for everyone on YouTube, we love you. Yes, you watching the screen. <laughs> We still love you and everyone telling me the Thompson twins are going too late. Well, here you go. You got your wish. <laughs> All right. Uh, number four. Um, Talk to me, Goose. I'm going to, I'm going to nominate Brandon Miller. Yeah. Should he have been nominated at three? That's what the streets are wanting to know. Or is it too high still? I too early still correction. Sorry. I, I do have a little bit of concern about how he's kind of struggled to create space against some of the better athletic defenders he's faced. Um, but at his size, his shooting, I don't really have any long-term concerns and what that means for him as a player. I don't think just because he struggles to create space, he's going to be a bum or anything like that. Um, I just think he's good. It's, it might take him a little while as he refines his handle to kind of figure out the nuances of using that length and size to re- to use that, to generate space instead of an explosive first up. Yes. Um, I, I, I talked with Corey Tulliba on home away. Shout out Corey football giants. Um, Eli Manning. Boom. No, <laughs> stop it. Um, and we, we had a good point. I was like, Hey, talking about Brandon Miller. I was like, Hey, you know, a lot of people are, kind of throwing the the caution tape the caution beam into the sky shout out kings with the beam and he i was like are you worried about the two-point percentage because yeah he's had a great start to the year from outside but he's struggling to finish around the rim i was like i'm not too worried because i feel like he's also battling mm-hmm. you know he's he's almost averaging 10 rebounds a game he's battling in the paint and Corey had a good point of being like you know it are we overrating the athleticism or the lack of it when you're have that elite size? Because, you know, and, and I do think that's a good point. I think he, you just talked about, you know, Whitmore was superstar. I think Brandon Miller's got superstar upside. Um, he needs a lot of things to go the right way. He needs to probably have one of those, like spends an off season, just working on counters and stuff mm-hmm. off the dribble and, where he gets to that mid range and gets that, you know, that Paul George mid range vibes or whatever you want to call it. And then, yeah, I see a, a six, nine wing that could be an absolute problem. So I, I have no problem with Brandon Miller for I I got him at four on my board. So that sounds great to me. Love it. I, I have him at five on mine. All right, cool. E- easy peasy. Easy peasy. All right. Number All right. five, who you're, who you're nominating. Um, I'm going to stay with Cam Whitmore. I'm still there. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, let's make that easy. Go yeah. ahead, six, because I know who I know where we're going right now, and I'm I'm gonna feel fine with it. So go ahead. But I am gonna nominate some people to change just for the listeners to kind of break up, bring up the you know debate. Okay. Um. Okay, so I have these guys back to back, three and four. Um, but based on what we've seen so far, I'm gonna nominate Nick Smith. I, I, I've, I've wanted to talk to you about Nick Smith, so this is great. Mm-hmm. Corey's been pushing pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Shout out Corey, Eli Manning. Bum. Corey's been pushing really, really hard 
spoiler alert, that Nick Smith might not be a point guard. He might just be more of like a combo guard. And I've watched those last couple games where Nick Smith played. And if that is a combo guard in transition, my goodness. Like he, did you see, have you seen those games? Mm-hmm. He looks unbelievable in transition. And I, and I, I know Corey's going to rip me a new one in the group chat when he listens to this, but I'm just saying like, he looks like a guy I want to give the ball all the time and just be like, you know, transition, give him the ball. Cause he looks like he knows what to do. He looks controlled. I love how he looks confident. I think he looks great. Um, I think he's going to only get better. I think the playmaking, the assist numbers don't tell his vision. Like I've seen him make some passes and I'm like, Oh, that's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. extra pass or give it up, get it back, throw one more extra. Like I think he looks great. I I've been very impressed. So what about you? I, I know we had the jokes early in the season about you and Nick Smith, but like, are you, are you liking what you've seen? I mean, serious. I mean, yeah, serious. no, I, it's, it, it, it's exactly what you want to see for, um, with him coming back from injury. I, I thought he's really kind of reintegrated himself really well with this team. He's not forcing it. He's not trying to take over and be like, yeah, this is my team. This is how we're running stuff now. Like this runs through me. I'm doing everything. He's playing simple and he's taking what the defense is giving him. He's moving the ball. He's taking the shots. He's attacking the rim and he's just playing really smart and controlled in what I've seen. And I've loved it. Um, I think the kind of, is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? Is he a combo guard debate is kind of pointless, honestly. Um, And I I think you just throw him out there in you know, the de facto point guard spot and just let him make an impact on the game. However he can, because he can play on ball. He can play off ball. If you need him to, to be your, you know, true point guard, which doesn't really exist anymore. Awesome. Go do that. Um, If you already have an, a primary initiator, well, he can take some of that load when that guy's not on the court, and then he can also play off of him when he's on the court. I, I just think his his versatility on offense is really tantalizing. I think the defense is fine. I think he competes um, when you keep his instructions really simple. Um, I think that's when he really excels. So it's like, hey, just play ball denial here. Awesome. Done. Uh, hey, just be a good point of attack defender. Done. He competes. It's not lack of effort um but just the overall offensive versatility it's hard to ask for much else yeah i just i have to admit i just wanted to piss off Corey because i feel like Corey is always happy with me so i just wanted to get an angry group chat so um you know what i'm 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 gonna let nick smith go there because that feels right and i feel like we're gonna get ugly as we move on. So let's, let's, let's pick our battles. You know, there's a lot of Hills I want to die on. That's not one of them. So Nick Smith at six. Okay. So our top yep. six is Victor scoot Henderson at number two, Amen Thompson at number three, Brandon Miller at number four, cam Whitmore at number five and Nick Smith jr. At number six. Yep. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to nominate, Asar Thompson for number seven. Ooh. Okay. Talk to me. Why? Um, he's good. Thanks. No, Super mean, insightful. I, I love that. Well, I I started out the year, I thought 
I had him in lower, but I also had Asar. I didn't think the separation was as big as people thought. And Asar's off to a great start. After seeing him in person, I really think it's close. I talked with Corey on the shout out Corey. Um, I talked to him on home away. I said, I don't think it's crazy if they're top five picks when everything's all said and done. Both of them. Like it would not shock me just because I think they have that much talent, that upside. And I think Asar has a more intriguing transition to the NBA because I think I've talked about it with you. Just the the versatility. He he's kind of going to be, it's going to be simpler where he can play off the ball. He can make plays with the ball in his hands. He can make an impact defensively. So I don't think there's a spot where I would say it's too early for him. Um, after you get, you know, I passed the top two, obviously, as much as I love Asar, but I, I, I just really, really, I think he's coming along really well. I, I like his shot. It looked it looked trending in the right direction quickly, and I think a men will get there, but a men's looks a little behind a SARS, if that makes sense. So, and I'm going to keep having the debate with myself about like, well, if I believe in that, why don't I have a SAR ahead of a men? And that's why we wait the whole season. We get more film. Okay, I'm I'm not really going to push back on this one. Um, <laughs> Did everyone hear that? This is unbelievable. What a day. Um, I, I still have a lot more Asar film I need to catch up on. But, you know, what What the stuff I have seen and even coming into the year, I thought that just his his floor um, was higher than immense. And I think that the ways that he can really impact a team are a lot more versatile than a man, where I think a man you he kind of has to have the ball because uh, he doesn't know how to play off ball yet. Asar already knows how to do that. Uh, the shot is improving. It's actually taking steps in the right direction. Uh, he's a good cutter, good rebounder. I love his team defense. Um, and then his on-ball defense is really good too. He's not quite the flashy playmaker that Amen is, but I think just pure passing ability, they're neck and neck. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with Asar at seven. God bless you. You're you're the best sometimes. Okay, you're at eight. I hate this. Okay. All right. So there there are three names. Um, I mean, I've I've delayed this guy long enough. So if you want to just go ahead and say his name, we can we can have this conversation. But go ahead. All right. I, are, are you referencing a Mr. Juris Walker from? Yes, Houston? I am. I've wanted to yeah. say his name for three spots. So. Yeah, well, I was tempted at three, but I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Where are we at with Jairus? I love everything I've seen. Mm. You haven't. I haven't watched the game, though, that you said was an ugly one, but I think that's going to be him this year. We're gonna ha- It's going to be peaks and valleys because of his role. Um, I wish they gave him the ball a lot more, but we're not going to get that because no, we're not. This is a tough team and they know, they know exactly who needs to have the ball and they know 
you know, whatever they're doing looks like it's working pretty well. So I'm not going to say like, Hey, we need to give Jared, but I also think this could be a guy that if we look down the road and he goes eighth, I might be like, Oh boy, he's going to turn in one of the best guys in this class because of the right spot. So I've loved what I've seen from him. I think, um, I think he, everyone's going to have those adjustment games where we look at a box score or they just have a down performance and, um, you know, if I'm box score watching, I think he had that bad game and then just followed it up with 12, 10, what, three and two or something. He hit a great game. Um, his last game was awesome. He had like the step through Euro for the and one. He had the transition steal and dunk. He had a corner three. He had a two floaters in the lane, I think, like jump little baby jump hooks. Um, he had a monster block like on a help side. I was like, that adds up in a hurry, you know, and I I think it was like 25 minutes or something like that off the top of my head, but you're not, you're not selling me. You're, you, are you selling stock behind the scenes under the tables? What's going no, on? So I, I, I have moved him down a couple spots, but I, also I had him at like four. So um, he, he's, he's at eight right now for me. Um, and I, I think a lot of it is I'm, I'm being affected by what he's being allowed to do on the court and you kind of hinted at that earlier um he's almost getting a dylan mitchell-esque treatment where his offensive role is hey go stand over here or go screen or just offensive rebound um and if we hadn't done that summer those summer scouting reports where we went through these guys high school film i would be really concerned and about what Jarris Walker's ceiling is, but then I have to kind of keep going back to he essentially ran point at IMG last year, and he was defending point guards and being that point of attack defender against Montford and Sunrise Christian and the best high schools in the country. So it's like, okay, he still has all of that, but he's just being told to do different stuff. So it's not that he can't do it and that his in his lack of showing it consistently in college is a hindrance on what he's on his abilities, I think it's more just instruction based and they have some seniors. They have some senior guards on that team and they have national championship expectations. So you're not necessarily going to let this six ten power forward come in and experiment playing point guard because you lose a game to a tune up team. It's rough. So I still really like Jairus. I just kind of have to keep reminding myself. It's like, there's a lot more to, under the surface than what we're seeing. This is the, this is the time of the year where you have a guy early, you move him down. And then in a month, you move him right back up. Like it, it just happens where you kind of be like, Oh, he's slow. And then all of a sudden he has like a solid stretch and you're like, why did I move him down? You know? And I'm, I'm right there with you. I think I had him at five. I'm moving him down to six. And it's not that I don't love Jairus. It's just someone else impressed me a little bit more. And I absolutely love him. I also think he's going to have, he's going to have a great year at Houston. He's going to go to the draft and some team is going to let him just run free. And it's going to be like, what the heck were we thinking? Like, it's just going to be one of those, this dude has skills everywhere. And I think he showcases some of that stuff. Cause he also had a, he had a couple passes in his last game where like he caught the ball and the moment he caught it, he knew where he was throwing it. Like he threw it for an oop God kind of threw it like a little behind him. And, um, or I think it was just like an awkward catch, got himself on back up and then 
another time he got a quick bounce pass just through a shovel right right away for a guy for wide open dunk and i was just like there's playmaking there's there's levels to this kid's game that have not even been the doors have not even opened up yet so and that's why for everyone listening that's why you go back and watch film that's why you get an education of what these guys can do in different roles because we me and you have always said this we said this last year in the draft cycle like one year doesn't tell the story uh it it's dependent on fit it is a lot of systems you have to understand and i think jared's gonna have a great year with houston but i don't think we're gonna be shown his full ability because of this team so um we went we went on a rant for that but that's good reason who else did you have for for this nomination spot because we're at eight right now yeah um the the other two names i was debating were keontae and Derek. it's too rich for me with Derek. keontae you could talk that. me into i i i would much rather lean jaris so you it, if you're leaning keontae you'll have to talk me out of jaris no so let's do this let's go jaris keontae can i Perfect. sell you on that so you want to throw Keontae at nine? Yeah. Perfect. Is that is that is that a good deal for you? Yeah, I I have both of them at eight and nine on my Perfect. personal. So hey, love doing business with you. Okay, so we've got Jarris Walker at eight, Keontae. So let's uh, real quick run through before we get to ten because I think this is going to get interesting. <laughs> um, number one, Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson, number two. Number three, Amen Thompson. Number four, Brandon Miller. Number five, Cam Whitmore. Number six, Nick Smith Jr. Number seven, Asar Thompson. Number eight, Jarris Walker. And number nine, Keontae George. I believe the floor is yours again, Mr. Well, do, do you want to talk about Keontae at all or no? Yes, I do, actually. What, what have your vibes been? Because I actually haven't talked to you about this. I have some weird Keontae vibes. And I think it's because... One area hasn't impressed me as much as I'm shocked with the other area impressing me. Um, I think his shot isn't, it's not as how I want to phrase it. <laughs> the offensive game, I feel like it, it hasn't been as a f- efficient maybe, or it, it looks like he's pressing a to lot. Get going. Yes. Like it, cause I was talking with the group chat, um, and I was like, I, I will be watching a game. And I, and the whole time I'm watching a game, I'm a psychopath. I'm always on my phone and I'm watching. I'm box score watching because I'm trying to figure out also, like if someone's going off, I'm going to change it to that game. I'm always tracking Baylor because I want to see like, okay, what type of game does it look like they're having before I watch the film? And I feel like there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, Keontae's really struggling from the field. And I go away from it and I look up like at the end of the game, I look up and I'm like, he ended up with 20. What? Like, so I'm like, is it, is he struggling to get going offensively? Is he not forcing it? Is he forcing it? And that's where you got to watch the film. But at the same time, his playmaking has been awesome. Yeah. Um, And I'm just waiting for both of those players to come together and we get the efficient outside shooter with the dangerous playmaker. And I'm like, my goodness. And I, and I don't know if it's just, how Baylor's running the show and that roster. Um, sorry for my vent, but h- how have you felt about Keontae? Yeah. So shameless plug. I'm actually writing about Keontae's playmaking for 
Friday's piece. Um, so make where, sure to go check where, that out. At, where is that? At, at just this this little site called NoCeilingsNBA.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button while you're there to make sure that you never miss anything we publish. Um, okay. Uh, that The, the playmaking has been awesome. Uh, been I, I, I think he's been... And I didn't think he had that in his game coming in, into the season. And that's why I worried about how he would kind of cope as just a pure six, three shooting guard. Um, but the, the passing has been really, really impressive. I love how he splits uh, doubles out of the pick and roll. Um, he's holding defenders and kind of moving that help defender to either create a window for the roller or a skip pass uh, for the corner shooter, uh, really unselfish passing and transition um, from what I've seen. He throws a really good lob too, where he put, it's just soft lob, puts it right on the rim for the guy. Uh, even defensively, I like a lot of what I've seen. Uh, really physical, really strong, competes. The shot's just not really been there, but like you said, then he'll just end up with 20 points out of nowhere. Um, so I, I still really like Keontae. It's just confusing because it, it feels like he's frustrated in every game, and I'm not entirely sure why, and maybe it's because the shot isn't falling to his standards. Um because we we both thought that he was going to be this lights out awesome shooter. Um, he's doing a lot more kind of off ball movement and kind of on ball creation for others at Baylor this year than he did at IMG. Um, I don't think he's. I, I think he's still kind of struggling to create space off the bounce for himself, and that was an issue he had at IMG. Um, but the way he's using his scoring gravity to create for others is in it, it's evolved so much that it's like oh my god like what like what what is the next leap that this guy can take because i i was not expecting that from that leap from him this quickly i was just curious while you were talking because i was like in a weird way when i watched him i'm like i wish they gave him the ball more um because he does some special stuff with it off the dribble. And I watched him play against Virginia and he kind of was like, he he had some cases where he got picked and I was like, okay, like he's, he's a little bit. And then he battled and tried to get back and he was making plays all over the place as a playmaker. It was a tough game for him, but I thought it was one of my favorite games to watch of him yet because it showed a lot of like gritty attitude. He just has fantastic playmaking vision and there's a desire to make those plays. And I, and I love that, but I was, I all, I feel like he looks impressive off the ball when it comes to like off the ball movement, shooting and catch and shoot. And Baylor runs some stuff from him and he, and he it looked really pretty. I'm just waiting for both of those worlds to collide. And I was just looking it up. I was trying to see what his usage percentage is. Cause I was like, is it going to be lower? He's at 30.7. Um, yeah. To compare that, um, if you want to think of a high usage guy, Zach Eady's at 33.1. Um, Darius McGee of Liberty is the leader in college basketball at 35.2, according to basketball reference or sports reference. Um, yeah, but then even you just look at his like assist rate and you look at it uh, for just, I'm just comparing him to other freshmen from true high major conferences, and he's first in the country with with an assist rate of 28.5. And I, that's ahead of guys like Cason Wallace, who's at 24.4, Jalen Hood-Shafino at 22.4. Like he's 
shockingly turned into one of the best passing freshmen in this class. And I guess where I was getting at with him is, does that encourage you more with his, like, say his outside shot just starts clicking with mm-hmm. the playmaking. Is there a world in which he goes top four? Yeah, yeah. If he starts shooting it like he did at IMG. Um, but my concern is that it's not going to because he's being asked to do so many different things yes. this year that he's not entirely used to. I like how you put that. I, I agree with that. It's almost like, like Matherin. I don't think people realize last year Matherin for Arizona was like an absolute workhorse. Like yeah. they were just having him do everything in the world. That's why I'm not shocked that he's going crazy in the NBA because he's like, he's probably because like, we were role, playing this fast. Yeah. yeah. He's like, my role simplified at, at college. We were playing lightning quick and I had to be running all over the place to get shots. Now I just get to do whatever I want. I got freedom. And I, I, I do feel like Keontae's learning a lot of different skill sets right now which might make it easier when he gets the next level. I mean, yeah, that's not, what we want these guys to have is to go to college, get punched in the mouth, and then you go to the NBA and you become a pro, and it's like, man, this is easy. Like, this, college was hard compared to this. I'm ready to go. Yeah, you know and I, yeah, I, I think it's honestly I, – I think there are going to be a lot of parallels to Jaden Hardy's yes. last year where, you know, we, we all thought that he was going to be a good shooter, but <laughs> – Excuse me, but if you just come in and do what you're already only good at, that doesn't grow your game at all. So I I don't think his shooting numbers are necessarily going to be awesome this year. But in the long run, I think the things that he's learning to do and battle through and improve upon, I think are going to be really good for his long term growth. Completely agree. Um, And and we can talk about Keontae forever, but let's let's get this heating up because we're at 10 now so 10. so am i you're up uh, you're I'm evens up. yeah so i i'm gonna say derek whitehead i i know the tape hasn't been good so tough here i'm, I'm in a um dark but, place with this but i i'm still not making any drastic judgments on his game for another couple weeks oh boy so um i'm gonna say gg jackson so talk to me where you're at with Derek first. Um, Cause I, I, I know you all of a sudden hate Derek Whitehead. No, 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 no. You're not going to throw the Nick Smith <laughs> curse at me. Um, I, I still believe in the upside. It, he looks like he needs another month. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he looked much better at the Jimmy V classic. I thought he had a little bit of burst but there was also some drives where you can tell and it wasn't just the drive. You can tell defensively too, that there's either not, there's a lack of trust with the leg or there's a lack of like that. He looks a half a step slow. And and there was even once, I think he had a drive. It was gorgeous. And I feel like he needed one like extra step or one little dribble, like gather dribble and to get the right angle. And he missed like a, uh, it was either a reverse layup or he was coming across the lane to finish with the right hand. And it went in and out. I think Dickie, Dickie V, shout out Dickie V, 
had even like a comment. He's like, Oh, those are going to come down. Those are going to start falling soon. And I was like, yeah, they better. Um, and then he had a defensive possession where I feel like he was trying to slide and he just, he's like a, he's a step slow. So guy blew by him. And I, I think it's just the legs are heavy. The feet are heavy right now. And I think that's conditioning and, and getting some trust and back into the, you know, where you were before because lower body injuries suck because usually guys, they can't do anything. Cause it's not like, it's not like you have a screwed up ankle and they're like, Hey, yeah, go run three miles a day. You just keep your, you can't. So, um, he looks like a guy that just needs, he looks like a guy that we're all going to move down and he's going to hit a game and they're going to be like, it's time. And they're going to start him and play 30 minutes. And he's going to just be, like breaking out of a cage and be like, okay, the beast, the, uh, the beast is loose, but I'm Defcon four, which means I'm on alert. I don't know. He'd looked much better against Iowa. Um, and he does some stuff and I think the shots a little smooth and he looks, he's like, he's got some swagger to him. I just, I need him to get healthy because the leg looks heavy. Which I, I think shouldn't be really surprising because right. I, there's only so much conditioning you can do with a foot yes. injury. So I, I'm waiting basically until January to make any mo- real movements with him. Um, so even though he's not 100% in shape and you know ready to go like we all wanted him to be, he's doing a lot of what he did his junior year at Montverde, where it's a lot of the little stuff off ball and it's more of a role player he's not necessarily showing to be this dynamic on ball scorer that he was his senior year at Montverde um, but he's doing a lot more of the little stuff off ball with cutting rebounding uh, defending all that kind of stuff so even though he's not 100% I think he's still been solid and I think the the upside and the overall talent is just in a league of its own right now compared to especially compared to who we have left on the board. So uh, he he's my pick at 10. You made me, I actually enjoy that we did this exercise because you're making me feel better. Yeah. I, let's do three uh, 10. I think if you have him at 10, you're confidently saying I'm not out. I'm just, he's on the burner. It's not turned up to high. He's on the back burner that's set to warm. And you're like, okay, I'm either, this is either ready to, to eat or it needs more time. We're in wait and see mode with three quiet head. It looked like we got a little tease of, uh oh, things are trending in the right direction. And if he could keep building on that, I think that was his first game playing north of 20 minutes um, against uh, Iowa yeah. off the top of my head. I think he's going to be good. But, Lower body injuries in the sport of basketball are, you know, the devil's work. They're, they're terrible. Um, so let's put Derek at 10, 11. I'm going to nominate Gigi Jackson. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, he's, are we not talking enough about Gigi Jackson, or is it just because of the team he's on? Uh, yes, um, to both. Uh, so you. Gigi's tough for me right now because – I, I have him at 10, um, and so much of it is just upside-based. I was really worried about him coming into the season because going to that team, uh, which isn't flush with talent, 
Um, I was a little concerned that they were just going to throw him the ball and just allow him to do whatever he wanted. And I was horrified for what that meant for his long-term trajectory. Uh, but they're making him play team basketball. And I, I think that's perfect for him. Um, I, I love how hard he plays. He is still super raw. He is very clearly the youngest guy out there every time he's playing and very clearly 17. But I, I, I don't mean that in a bad way necessarily. He's an awesome rebounder. Um, I think there's some real potential with him defensively, but he is very stiff with his lateral movements and his footwork's pretty sloppy. So he has to clean that up, but he competes really hard and works hard on that end. Um, I, I think he's going to be a pretty kind of nasty scorer too. Um, the shot doesn't always go in right now, but I think the mechanics and the different ways he gets to his spots are all really encouraging. I mean, he's, he's still 17. Yeah. He's six, nine to 15 or whatever you want to say listed at that. He's averaging 17 points, 7.5 rebounds, shooting splits of 43, 37, 65 kids make your free throws. And uh, over a block a game, he's he is uh, third in points per game in the SEC as a 17-year-old. I don't care if you want to say the SEC is not as strong this year. I don't care which one. He's he's 17. He's third in the SEC. Like, I'm right there with you. I think everything you just said about the rawness is spot on. I do love that he... He shocked me one game or two games I watched this year. He shocked me. He plays so damn hard. He plays with yeah. so much energy. And I love that. I was like, okay, I'm in, bud. I am in, big fella. You yeah. you you got me to be a fan. And there's a desire to compete. And I think that's where you get a coach and he will be having a desire to get better. And you can work with that. And yeah. He also, I think defensively, he he could he for sure has instances where defensively he doesn't really know like where to go. And that's fine. It's just, it looks like a guy that's a year behind on development. And there's also moments offensively where I think he's trying to do stuff just to do stuff where uh, without understanding like the system. And, but that was early in the year. I need to go back and rewatch more, but um, he also has movements where I'm like, my goodness, at your size, you're moving this freely. It's just, so there's a lot of you can see why he's such a highly touted prospect, and there's just a lot of fun tools there. So um, I know I'm ranting. I'm having really a good time with this one, Metcalf. Okay, we, we're at we're at eleven. We got three more. Yes. Yeah, so, well, so yeah, we got twelve, thirteen, fourteen left. Um, okay, twelve. Twelve. Sorry. There you go. Good. I feel like I should just go straight off my board, right? Just who I have next up or highest rated. Yeah. All right, um, I'm going to go Casey Wallace. The problem is, is I really like Casey, and do I think this is this is where we get ugly? And this is what I'm talking about earlier. Is like I like Casey so much that I'm like, well, why couldn't he be like ten? And then I'm like, why couldn't he also be fifteen? <laughs> like it, it's just, and there's a lot of guys in this range that I feel that way. Um, so. Well, what does Kaysen do poorly? I Metcalf, I love him. Don't you dare put me into the no, don't the, you put the, baby no. into a corner. No, no, that, I, that okay, that's okay, the thing okay, I'm okay, saying. Okay, that yeah. it's like he just like he's not necessarily 
the absolute best at anything, although you can make an argument for the defense. But when you think about, you know, big weaknesses, especially for, for guys in this range, you know, Anthony Black, Judd Howard, Grady Dick, um, Filipowski, whoever, there's like a go-to weakness that's like, mm, he's really got to improve that. When you look at Kaysen, it's like, is he a lights-out shooter? No, but is he bad? No. Um, is he a bad playmaker? No. Is he a bad defender? Certainly not. Does he lack size? No. Does he get to the rim? Yeah. My only gripe is he doesn't necessarily take over games as much as I'd want him to, and he can get a little passive, but there isn't an area of his game where I'm like, God, he's really got to work on that. I'm in the middle of trying to look up something crazy, but um, I just saw how many times do you think I compare it to somebody else? I was going to nominate Anthony Black. I'm trying to look at something right now. Um, wow. Okay. How many times do you think, I think Case Wallace should get the nod over Anthony Black for these reasons. One, we don't know if he's a great shooter. Well, he's shooting splits right through eight games are 53-50. It's pretty good. He's shooting over 3.5 three-point attempts per game. He's averaging 11-4-4 and two steals, almost three steals. He's been fantastic. I think he, if anything, he needs to put up more shots. He needs to play more minutes. Shout out Calipari. Um, but this is, where are we at? I'm trying to find this damn step. How many free throws do you think he shot this year? Um, I'm cheating a little bit because oh, I'm on Bartarvik and I just see the free throw rate is really low. Um, so I'm guessing not many. Uh, He's taken 12 free throws. Not, don't love that. Um, to compare him with Anthony Black, Anthony Black's taken 36. Okay, not n- not now do the outside shot, although I guess no, Anthony no, no, Black's no. I'm saying this is, is fun, we're outside. having fun, we're, f- we're having fun here. Um, Case and Wallace, three pointers, 28. He's 14 of 28. Oh my gosh, Anthony Black, 27. <laughs> He's 11 of 27. <laughs> yeah, so but, but I'm saying like. I also, I've just been very impressed with Casey Wallace's touch. I think, you know, and and Anthony Black's averaging 1.8 to steals per game this year, but I just think Casey has looked under control and solid. If if anything, I thought he's needed more, um, more touches. And we're also forgetting, you know, Wallace has played one game without Severe Wheeler. Anthony Black, Uh, what played like... Four, five, uh, is all of Maui. So yeah, so it might have been closer to six or seven. So I mean, I I, I just I, I I really I like both of them a lot. Um, but I'm a sucker for defense, you know this. So I I would definitely go Casey Wallace there if you want. But yeah, I I, I for me personally, it's pretty easily Casey Wallace. Um, okay, I know okay. Black's outside shooting numbers are encouraging. I, I, I think there's some good fool, fool's gold there. Yeah, but you've been cold on Anthony Black all year, so you're just you're you're trying to be prideful. I I think that's going to. I, nice. I have I have Anthony Black at twelve for what it's worth. So I do down. too. Are you copying my board? What's going no, on? No, why did you hack me? I did not. Um, I think that's going to be a great debate all year because we're going to get to everyone's going to be talking about like the top five, top six, and I, I like to do 
comparing positions. And I think Casey Wallace and Anthony Black are really going to be a good because I think they're both different, but they're both have some similarities where like they're good with the the pace of the game and and have a great feel and they have some good touch around mm-hmm. the basket. Kaysen's been red hot from outside. A little shocking to me. Like the shot looks good. It looks just one of those like reps and solid. I think Anthony Black, if he could stay over 40% this year, I'd be like, my goodness. Um, but long way to go. Yeah. Okay. Um, 13. No, yes. We're at yeah. 13. I'm, I'll say Anthony Black. <laughs> Yeah, and I, yeah, I we, we we just debated the two, so I, I feel like that makes sense. I have him at twelve. Um, Fourteen is going to be a, a uh, we're going to have. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Fourteen is going to be a bloodbath. Um, yeah, and I, Anthony Black has been awesome this year. Um, you know, I I, th- I think we talked about him a lot on last yeah. week's pod too. So he's really good. Let I, I think we can leave it at that. So fourteen. Go ahead. <laughs> this is going to be ugly. All right. So there are about 34 names here I could go with. Um, no, um, I'm going to go Jed Howard. I'm going to say Maxwell Lewis. This is where we get ugly. And for everyone listening, I know we're a little, we're over an hour. Thank you for listening with us. The funny part is me and Macro feel like, well, you know, we'll, we'll do the lottery. If we're, if we're cooking, we'll just keep <laughs> yeah. going. Sure. If we're at 40 <laughs> minutes and we, we're through the lottery, we we can't even get to the 14th pick under an hour. Um, Everyone knows we're super tight with our times. Yeah, Everyone super knows tight. That. Everybody <laughs> knows that about us. Um, I need to. Maxwell Lewis has been unbelievable this year. Yeah, you were, and I have to give you your flowers for for Jed Howard at the beginning of the year because I do think they're both going to be lottery picks. I need to say something and I'm not calling anybody out, but I saw a comment and it's not true. So let me just put this out there. Someone was like, Oh, well, Maxwell Lewis is this year's Jalen Williams. And I was like, no, he is not <laughs> No, He is not. He is, he is scorching early. Um, the Jalen Williams, Santa Clara shout out. OKC. That train didn't get rolling seriously until uh end of the season combine people were then going okay who's this kid from santa clara and he got scorching hot then went earlier so i was like well folks maxwell lewis is already pumping serious fire um on his stock um and and his numbers are cuckoo but go ahead but i mean tell me why this is another good debate i wasn't expecting go ahead yeah, so I, there there isn't a huge gap for me. I have Jed at thirteen, Maxwell at seventeen. Um, I I think what Jet does on offense is really special at his size, uh, six nine or six eight two fifteen. Um, I I think he's proven to be a lights out shooter off of movement, standstill, off the catch, off the dribble, step backs, pick and roll, DHOs, you name it, it he'll shoot it and make it. Um. Even his mechanics are a little funky, um, but they're consistent and they look the same every time and they're repeatable and they're effective, obviously. Um, But I also think he's showing that he's an awesome passer and what he does um, 
processing the game with his decision making and how he reads defenses is really really impressive for a player of his position and his age where they're running sets for him and he has five different options uh, and has the freedom to make whatever decision he wants out of those plays um based on what the defense does and i i know that he has that freedom because they will run the same play a dozen times a game and there will be 12 different results to that play based on what the defense does and he he just he reads it immediately and knows exactly where his teammates are going to be in that situation so i i love what maxwell lewis has shown on offense but so much of it has been almost it has been just him scoring and he is making everything he throws up there his scoring has been super impressive but i i haven't quite seen him elevate the games of his teammates yet like jet has that was a good last uh last little pitch there it's um wow i'm i'm just looking at their numbers i did not expect Maxwell Lewis has a usage percentage of 24. That would have been way higher. Um, so Jet, my biggest thing with both of them, I would be giving high fives around the room if you landed either of these guys. I think they're both going to be very good NBA players. Yeah. Jet Howard, they're both they've both played eight games. Jet Howard's averaging 15, two and two shooting splits of 49, 42, 70. Um, for the analytics guys out there, that is a true shooting percentage of 64.6, which is pretty damn good. Pretty good. Maxwell Lewis through eight games, 18, five, and two. And this is going to be very hard to keep up, folks. So everyone hold on to your seats. Shooting splits of 62, 52, 80. That is a true shooting percentage of 74.3. I mean, he's been unbelievable. (laughs) If he keeps this up, he's a top five. I mean, these are crazy numbers. Um, It is unbelievable. I mean, that true shooting percentage with that low of a usage is just absurd. So... But they've both been, and it, it's funny because we just read off Jed Howard's numbers, and it's like, oh yeah, those are good. And then we, <laughs> Jed Howard's numbers are fantastic for your first your freshman year through eight games. You got forty nine, forty two, seventy. Um, it's really good, and and I think they're both smart players. I think they both fluid. It's a good debate. I, I think I got them back to back, but um. Yeah, and just just real quick, just so I can cover my own ass here before the the analytics um, truthers come at me. I yes, I do see that Maxwell Lewis has a slightly higher assist rate on Bartorovic than um, Judd Howard, but they're very different passes. They are di- very different players that they are passing to. Um, I I know Michigan is in theory better than Pepperdine, uh, but. Passing to Porter and Mallet is a lot better than passing to Kobe Bufkin and Terrence Williams. So I'll just leave I, it there. I I I like uh Mallet a lot. Um he's fun. I like him. Is he do you think he's a next year guy? Or is he a uh 
if I was an NBA team, I'd be t- saying, hey, well, is, if you're there is, in the 30s, we'll take you. <laughs> is Houston Mallet the Dalen Terry? No, I think Kobe Bufkin's Dalen Terry. No, I'm saying the Dalen Terry where he just, all of a sudden, he's the riser of like, oh, keep your name in. No, it's not the pre-drafts. Get that crap out of here. Um, is he the pre-draft guy? <laughs> <laughs> Um, here, here's a fun one too. If we switch jet and Maxwell Lewis, is Michigan better? No. And it's amazing to say no after we just read off all those numbers, but I, I do think jets impact on that team has been bigger than the numbers. Um, and he's had a good number. So I don't know, Metcalf, you got a quarter. Should we just flip a quarter? If you have one. one. I ain't got one. <laughs> I, I need that app on my phone, but I feel like anyone that has that, I, I'm proud of you, but I, I couldn't do that. You, you also may need to talk to someone, but... Um... Yeah. <laughs> I, I might need to go to therapy, but we come on... You just come on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. We're back at the therapy. We'll, we'll hash it out together. Um, should we just be cowards and say tied for 14th? No, go 14th no, 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 <laughs> no. I'll, I'll let you have Jet. I'll let you have Jet. Perfect. See, I, I just have to wear you down over an hour and 15 minutes, pick yeah, my battles accordingly. And, uh... Okay. Hey, we'll, so we'll... before we move on, we, we have to talk about both their defense too. Um, because that, that's a big part of the game. And where I are kind you of at? Hate... Jet Howard has been atrocious off ball. He might what be. What do the... you think about Maxwell's then? So I... let's, 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 let's war room this. Say we're in the war room. We need a wing. We need a two-way guy. We need we need we need an offensive wing that we'd really really like him down the road to become a two-way guy. Who do you think would have the best shot of becoming a two-way player or at least respectable defensively that it's not going to make the rest of the team where he's going to get targeted? There's my theoretical question. I would lean towards Jet Howard. Um, With your head or your heart? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Um, so. Because he looks like he should be a good defender. He should. It, it's a lot he of the. He moves Ken- well. It, it, it's a lot of the Kendall Brown issues from last year where he's like this awesome off ball mover, but then gets back cut every other possession. And it's like, dude, you just did this to your defender. What, why is this happening to you? Um, so like, I, I think the team defense struggles, but I also think he's a guy that you could slide up and have him defend force. And then that becomes less of an issue. And I think he competes. I, I like his on ball stuff a little better than, uh, Maxwell's I I think Maxwell's on ball footwork is kind of rough where he like almost gets into like this weird like gallop high knees type situation when he slides laterally um is more it was a real issue earlier in the season it's getting better which is good to see but I, I I think Jet's size and kind of strength already uh gives him just a little bit more favorable uh, potential going forward defensively. Okay. All right. We're going with Jet. All right. Boom. Um, before we go, because now we're we're in sicko status. So everyone, when we don't 
make the hour when we're over hour it's like okay fine if you're sicko you're sick <laughs> us so like i'm not worried anymore if we get to the you know hour and 45 then everyone's <laughs> all the cops but let's, let's let's just let's just have a little quick vent before we end we, we, we'll we'll say we got 12 minutes we'll start the clock who are we struggling with after here who who do you who do you need to talk about who like let's let's have a, the therapy sesh um Derek Lively Wyatt? yeah well okay well, I said I said 12 minutes I didn't say two hours <laughs> sorry no I like I, and the problem is we could talk about Lively yeah have you bought Jordan Hawkins yet for everyone that isn't I've been trying to get Metcalf to buy in. Did, Nick just did, wrote a great five. piece at noceilingsmba.com. Are you in on the first round yet? Uh, first round, no. Why? Dude's a bucket. He's a machine. <laughs> um, what is he listed at? 6'5". Feels really small out there. That feels generous. Yeah, that's because he's Am shooting from four feet beyond the arc, so everyone looks small when he's <laughs> splash zone. No, I get it. I, I have him at twenty five, and I love him. Okay, um, I, I have him like early to mid second round. Um, I mean, I have I'm everyone intrigued. early to mid second round. No, I don't. No wonder you're stressed no, I out. I, I have I have fifteen people in early to mid second round, and then <laughs> I get into the mid to late second round. <laughs> that's how numbers work. Um, well, okay, let's let's let's. Let's talk about lively. Let's have the Derek Lively hour, which is going to be ten minutes. What? Where are we at? Me and you I, hate talking about big, so help me help you. You know, let's put let's put a little Marvin's room on in the background. I know I've used that joke before, but it never gets old. And I, I'm waiting for the day that I actually have a segment about it. I hate all of it almost. <laughs> um, the blocks I, he has are like the biggest tease ever. The, because I'm some of like, his help defense looks good, um, but then when he misses the block, and his guy just gets an easy tip in, it's like, oh, well, there that is. Um, I just, I don't know if they're just slowly working him back in from injury or what, and if they are, it's a slow work in. Um, but he's being used solely as a rim runner and a screener. And he's not allowed to touch the ball on offense unless it's a lob or an offensive rebound. Um, and then defensively, it's exclusively drop coverage with him. And they're trying to play him like he's Mark Williams last year. And but Mark got touches. Well, right. No, right? I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about defensively. No, 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 no. So, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was just saying offensively, Mark at least got touches. Like I feel like he got fed the ball in the post sometimes. <laughs> right, but I, I think Lively has the athleticism and agility where it's like uh, you theoretically at least could throw different looks out there with him switching or hard hedging or being more disruptive because he looks lost in drop coverage where his he is just constantly caught in no man's land and you know gives up lobs or layups or floaters and is just kind of taking up space and not really sure what to do. Um, I don't know. It's, it's been tough and I don't want to put it all on him. Uh, I, cause I, I really hate how they're using him. They're, they're using him like he's some grad transfer and not the number one overall recruit. That's what I, I keep. In amazement, um, I they were playing Iowa 
And I feel like Dickie V or, or the broadcast was like, yeah, you know, they're just using him as a rim runner. They're not going to ever give him the ball in the post. And I was like, do we think that's a problem for the number one recruit in the country? I mean, it is amazing. He's like a ghost offensively. And yeah, I'm just in awe um, because it, it also just doesn't look like a, oh, we're trying to rev him up. It looks just like a guy that's like he's not in our offense. Well, and and it looks like a different issue than because when we talked about his high school film, we our big issue is we forgot he was on the floor half the time. But that was like an effort issue. That was a him not really getting involved or taking over issue. That doesn't feel like the issue right now. Like it, like when I watch him play, it doesn't look like he's going through the motions. It looks like he's trying to work hard, but what he's being instructed to do and what he's being allowed to do doesn't let him make an impact in any fashion. Yeah. I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's his fault. Yeah. I just think he's like, I'm like, what What are your guys plans with him? Are you just saying like, Hey, we got Derek lively because he was the number one recruit. Fine. If you want to do that and say, "Hey, we're Duke, we get the number," you got him. If I'm next what? year, if I'm the next number one recruit, and I see how they're using, I'm like, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> it, it it just looks very strange because um, he'll have a good play, he'll have a block, and I'm like, "Okay, here we go." And then all of a sudden, I'm like, "He played 18 minutes." Yep. <laughs> I'm just like, "What's so?" Um, it's angered me so much that I'm rooting for him harder than I was in the beginning of the year, because I'm like, come on, man, like give him some touches, give him some looks. Like I, I, I want him to shoot a three. Cause I just want him to yeah, be Yeah. What like, happened to all that preseason social media hype about, Oh my God, Derek Lively shooting threes. Now watch out world. I, can, can, and, is, can he be allowed to touch the ball outside the restricted it, area? That'd I mean, be cool. I, Maybe I, like I, an I elbow face up. I don't know. Literally fucking anything. I'm rooting for him. Oh God, yeah, always. I'm I'm always rooting for everyone, but I mean, there was a game I watched. I actually forgot he was on offense. I was yeah. just like, where? I was like, oh my gosh, that's live. I was like, how long has he been in? And I was like, watching the. It was just because it's there's possessions where none of the guys like touch the ball. It's just like ISO with Jeremy Roach, and no offense to Jeremy Roach, it's just like, come on, bud. But hey, that seems weird. It's it's incredibly weird. But that, like we end every episode, we we need to end on a high note. So I, I know you didn't prepare for this because you never do. But Rucker, what's the best thing you watched recently? I swear to God, if you see the fucking Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> the Boston Celtics. <laughs> And they're <laughs> wacky. They're unbelievable. I'm telling you right now. I, I, let me let me be real. I'm gonna be serious. I probably I I need to just say this about the Celtics. I'm gonna be serious. Like it, I, I'm not being biased when you watch them. They move the ball and know where to go and trust each other. And the it is unbelievable watching how fast they play and how under control they are at the same time. Like, they, they're, they're pedal to the metal, and it's like, 
it's it's beautiful basketball because they're pedal to the metal and it's like they get open shot and it's boom 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 pass it's it's pass ahead and all of a sudden they get get the ball back it's just remarkable of of what this team's done luke cornett looks great blake griffin all of a sudden looks younger they just they got a team of guys that are playing really unselfish and it's it's really cool to watch so um i'm excited to watch that game saturday because it seems like a game, you know, obviously Celtics are motivated after the Warriors came and kicked their ass in the finals and they blew the 2-1 lead, whatever. It, you know, I don't, stupid shit about, it. oh, they blew a 2-1 lead. It's like, okay, so 3-1 I understand. But 2-1's like, okay, they, you know I mean? The Warriors took care of business and acted like a champion. Still not salty. But no, Warriors are kind of trending in the different direction and I feel like that game is bigger for one team right now. That's a big game for the Warriors. And I think the Celtics are going to be foaming at the mouth even after they beat Phoenix. But that also seems like a very big uh, trap game. But I don't think it will be. Okay, Metcalf, what was your? Sorry, I'm just really excited. <laughs> oh, I need to say one more thing real quick before you go on yours. Our football teams play this week. No, Do you yeah, need to do. make a wager? Well, yeah, we probably should. What name the terms? We'll put I, it on. We'll put it what? on Twitter. Think about what? it. Text me. Yeah. Well, I'm you're still you're, shocked that you're you're a betting favorite in Vegas. I don't get it. Don't get uh, it at all. Because the Lions are a wagon, bro. Have you seen that <laughs> offense? <laughs> the wagon. <laughs> uh, what's the best thing you've, you've seen, Mister Metcalf, in basketball? Um, I, I I'll go with a d- couple deep cuts. Um, Aaron Estrada from Hofstra and uh, Ty Johnson from UC Davis. Uh, both obviously have some limitations in terms of NBA play, but their starts to the season have been incredible. And Aaron Estrada's outside shooting improvement seems to be real. Uh, he is a lot of fun. Um, so if, if if any of uh, if any of you have some free time, I, I would highly recommend going and checking out both those guys. We got a comment on YouTube. I have to notify you. I don't know if you saw it. It's from Daniel Perez. Shout I out, Daniel. Percent did not see it. Um, it's from Daniel Perez. He's always commenting on our YouTube. Thank you, Daniel. Daniel. I appreciate it. He said he's got a nomination for the green room. I don't know if you've seen him play yet. All right. Connor Williams, Connor, big cozy Williams. If he had had a three last night, I think someone posted a clip of him. Maybe it was Mavs draft. He was like, uh, He's like, we need Connor Williams versus uh, Victor Wembanyama more than anything in the world. Um, he's, uh, I'm trying to get his measurements, Metcalf. So just give me a sec. He's seven feet, three hundred and sixty pounds. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but he he's electric. He, he he, you know, he might be basketball college basketball's true king. I mean, he was hitting pull up threes against Buffalo the other night. So who, who does he play for? He play. I can't. Um, I'm not trying to laugh. It's just electric. Like I, I, I was watching him shoot bombs, and I was like, St. John's Fisher. Okay, I'm gonna send you the clip. But like, the, the, he literally <laughs> takes like a a pull up three, and it's just electric and nothing but net. So he says that needs to be the green room. So I, I, we might have to put Connor Big Cozy <laughs> Williams as a nomination. Just a hell of a name. No, it, it, it's just cool because like you. <laughs> He's hitting buckets. He's getting it, and everyone's gonna be like, oh, you know, whatever. He, he he's playing college hoops. 
So that's all I had to say to you. All right. Well, once again, he is Tyler Rucker. I am Tyler Metcalf. You can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's 100% free. Just click that subscribe button to make sure that everything gets emailed directly to you and you never miss anything we publish. Uh, you can follow us across all socials at No Ceilings NBA and on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.